1: Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. The Seattle Seahawks get the 40-3 win over the New York Jets at home. They move to 9-4 and four on the season, 6-1 and one at home on the season. Joining me to talk about it tonight, pulling double duty on the podcast. She just got done hosting the Hawk Blogger Podcast. She's coming on this show now. It's Dana O'Gorman. Dana, appreciate you coming on.
0: Oh, I love doing this show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited to talk about it, too. I, I'm happy that we're talking about a win. And it's not just a win in the sense of, you know, okay, they, they got the win over the jets. This is the game. This is the type of win that you expect a good team like the Seahawks. We think they're a good team and putting up 40 points on anybody is good, but it's against the jets and Owen 13 team. Now this is kind of what you expect. And I, I guess I'm not, you know, Oh, we're going to the super bowl. Cause we beat the jets, but it's like, okay, it, it, this is what I wanted to see.
0: This is what we needed to see, right? Like after last week um, against the Giants, you know, we expected to win that game. We didn't. The team looked terrible. So you're like, they have to bounce back. And if they're going to bounce back, we need to bounce back hard against this bad of a team. And that's exactly what they did. They did what they needed to do. They looked like they should have looked. And how refreshing is that for us? Because (laughs) – how many times have we been like, what do you mean they only won by seven? Come on, you know? So it was refreshing. It was nice to see the offense clicking the way it was. The defense looked good. And yes, we know it was against the Jets, but at least they did what they were supposed to do. It was very uh, uplifting, I guess is a good word.
1: Well, and, and relaxing because yeah. this might have been the most boring fourth quarter of football we've seen in, in I don't know, four years. I, I had to go back into the into the football database and and see when the last time a backup quarterback took significant snaps for the Seahawks and and really took snaps in the third quarter. And it was back in 2016 with Trevon Boykin against the San Francisco 49ers when they were up 27 to three that they bring in Boykin in the third quarter. So it's been that long since we've seen a backup quarterback coming in relief in the third quarter.
0: I will tell you, I put on Twitter, I'm like, do not bring Gino in. I was Because I'm a Seahawks fan and you are too. So you will understand this. It's like, oh my God, everything can go wrong. They could figure out how to string together a bunch of touchdowns. Of course, we knew that weren't, wasn't going to happen, but that's our initial reaction, right. right? Like, we're so ready for disaster. So, you know, I think that that was nice. It was good for Gino to get in, especially against the Jets. I think that was a nice little dig for him, and, and that was important. But we also have to remember, that's a nice little rest for Russell. I mean, that's a whole quarter off, so he can kind of rest. They pulled all of their starters. Um, and so, I mean, how how comforting is that as a Seahawks fan that? they knew they had it. They weren't worried at all. They weren't worried about scoring just one more touchdown. It it was very, it was very, um, relaxing is the, is the best word for it. And I can't tell you, I I don't remember the last time I was that comfortable in a Seahawks game. It's been a long time.
1: It has been a while. And I mean, I feel like we need that as Seahawks fans, because so many of those fourth quarter games, you're, you're, you're looking for, you know, whatever, whatever you need to take to kind of take the, the little bit of edge off from the game to get through the fourth quarter. Cause there's so many times this game in the fourth quarter, it just comes down to these, these final moments. And, and we've seen, and we got to see, you know, Smith come in they sco- had a scoring drive where they got three points able to spread the ball around really 25 completions and nobody more than six DK led the night with six catches, 61 yards. And, you know, Tyler, of course, number two, who you'd expect, but you know, you're seeing Penny Hart and they getting catches It's nice to see Will Disley get a touchdown catch. You had Freddie Swain, Colby Parkinson getting some playing time out there at tight end, which is nice for the draft pick after missing so much time to start the season. So just nice to see the ball spread around so much.
0: Yeah, and I think that that it's also important for those players that, you know, they know they're down the line. You know that they're not, you know, they understand where their place is within the team. But then they can go ahead and um, get some time on the field. God knows injuries can come up, at least they won't be super green. And so and so that was really, you know, Swain looked good. Um, even Hollister he had just one catch, but it was 20 yards, you know, so that's exciting for them to Yeah, it was really enjoyable. Um, I felt like Russell looked like Russell again. You know, there was all these articles that came out all last week about what's wrong with Russell Wilson. And I don't think there's a darn thing wrong with Russell Wilson. I think that the game plan last week sucked. And this week, he was like, no more of that. You're not going to make me look a fool anymore.
1: Yeah, you definitely saw them work more toward the intermediate routes rather than trying to throw deep so often you did see the one deep ball to David Moore, and it was in and out of his hands. And it was one that he he should have. But you know, a lot more. I think the, the biggest play of the the night was a 20 yard throw to Hollister, mm-hmm. where Russ was kind of rolling out to the right. Uh, Swain had the 19 yard touchdown. You know, that was probably the deepest pass he threw all night. So it was well that was completed anyway. So You're it right. was <laughs> nice to see him working efficiently. And he finishes the day with 206 yards, 21 completions. It doesn't feel like a huge stat night. Uh, but that was, you know, because he didn't play the fourth quarter. And four touchdowns, he had the one pick throw into DK. I know a lot of people were really concerned when that interception happened by May and thinking that, oh, you know, is is this the rust that we've seen over the last few weeks? And I, I was telling people, hey, DK had his guy beat uh, the mm-hmm. corner and he saw it one-on-one with the safety. When you see that with DK, you throw the football to him and right. May made an outstanding play with the one hand to tip it to himself. I, I I was telling people that was just an outstanding play. That was not any kind of. Uh, indication that Russ is is still not his normal self,
0: oh my you're absolutely right that that was a great play on defense that was not a bad play on Russ. Um, you're in a, you're gonna count on that. you're gonna throw that ball every time yeah. you know what I mean and, and that and may, and
1: maybe makes a play like that one out of every ten times
0: right exactly otherwise that's a touchdown yeah. and so I think that that you know credit to, that's their one shining moment for the <laughs> the Jets that that game but but it was a really great play and so yeah that is like I don't I'm not even bothered by that that that's just the way it is and 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 sometimes in football but I thought it looked great um Russell looked more comfortable than I think I've seen him in the last few games and again yes it's the Jets we get it but it was just nice to see that rhythm again and to know that they still have that it's not gone it was just hiding for a few games
1: well, and even with Wheeler having to come in in relief of Brandon Shell, and that was one of the things hearing from Pete in the press conference is that Shell really wanted to be out there. You know, a lot of these guys playing against their former team. Shell, obviously, Jamal Adams wanting to having you know have a nice showing against his former team. I think even Pete Carroll wants to have a good showing against his former team after coaching for the Jets. I feel like with the Jets, with the Vikings, you know, whenever he plays the Niners, even I, I think he has a little. He won't he won't admit it, Dana, but I think Maybe. he has a little something extra. Patriots throw them in there too. I think when he's going up against his former teams, I, I think he I, I think he enjoys it just a little bit more.
0: Well, I think that's natural, right? Like you wanna no matter how long ago the slide was, cause that's been a minute for Pete on some of those. But I think that you, you just feel like, you know, it, oh, I've, I'm one up on you. I've gotten one up on you. And I think, you know, Pete is probably the most competitive person on that entire team. And so you're going to see that come through sometimes. And, and I, and I love it. And that's what we want, right? That That's, that's, that's what we need from this team is to have that, that chip. That's what we've been used to for so long is that giant chip on the shoulder of this team. And it, It's been gone some. And so it was nice to see it back. And I didn't realize how many Jets players we had until they started naming them off. (laughs) I had forgotten that Shell was at the Jets. And I i mean, sorry, Geno Smith. I kind of had forgotten about Geno Smith. And so, yeah, Yeah, it it was good. It was fun to watch.
1: Well, Jamal, obviously a big night for him because he breaks the single season sack record by a defensive back eight and a half sacks. And it came on a play where uh, hearing him in the press conference, he didn't even know that he broke the record on that play because it wasn't, you know, your traditional sack type play for, for anybody. And as soon as it happened, I, I recognize it because I always, I always like to laugh Dana, whenever I see a quarterback run out of bounds short of the line of scrimmage, because, you know, it's essentially a quarterback sacking himself. And since Jamal was there to get his hand on him to, you know, quote unquote, force him out of bounds uh jamal gets the sack and uh, you know he he was happy that that's the way he got it but he was definitely not expecting it to be like after the play happened he didn't even know he did it
0: right because it's you're saying he wasn't rushing the passer he wasn't going after him in the pocket yeah and so it doesn't look traditional he
1: was gonna do a nod to warren Sapp uh by when when he got the record and so he didn't even have an opportunity to do it
0: Aw, that sucks that would have been fun to watch but, maybe then
1: maybe yeah. the next one because he yeah. does say that he wants to smash the record, you know, and eight and a half sacks, and he still has three games left to go. I I think he's gonna have another opportunity.
0: Oh, I think so too. Hopefully next, probably next week, especially since Alex Smith is out now, and we're gonna see Haskins next week. But I think that, here's the thing, the addition of Jamal Adams not only upgraded that position and, and has brought this playmaker, but it brought a little bit of an attitude back to this defense, to that secondary, And we as Seahawks fans were very spoiled for a long time with having a really competitive, really huge attitude in the secondary. And we've been missing that. And so I'm I'm thrilled that he's back. I like that he argues with the reporters and I think it's fun to, you know, get him all worked up about stuff because we need that. We needed that edge back again. And I think his just his presence alone has made a huge difference for this team. I'm still so thrilled with that trade. First, pitch, first round picks or not, I don't care.
1: <laughs> yes, I love the fact that you know, Joe Fan can ask him about how he did in coverage. And he, and he somehow takes that as a slight, like, oh, you're going to ask me how I did in coverage? You know, I'll, I'll go out in the next game and, and I'll have something for you and then bring that back into another press conference, like a player competing, like to show somebody up in the press conference uh, uh, who's, you know, really just asking a, a pretty... benign question
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know it was a michael jordan moment he took it personal he's gonna hold on to it well it worked so i'm glad he did it
1: well a good night from him Uh, he was bummed though that he didn't get that interception that was just
0: right to him there was a couple of those tonight that were just on the fingertips that they could have had it. And, and, but I think that, um, you know, I, I say this a lot, but there's so much to football. That's just luck. And I think that was just bad luck. It was just right off his tip. So
1: yeah. Well, bad luck three times over. Cause it was Ugo that had one where he, he was probably looking to score. Uh, if he holds on to the ball, Puna who was just waiting under the football, it felt like, and, and KJ felt pretty bad because Puna told him that, uh, that would have been his first INT and <laughs> I know, isn't that sad?
0: That is sad. Yeah. We love you,
1: Puna. I want to see Puna running with the football. That's what I, I want to see.
0: Too. Oh, my God. How fun would that be? Like, I'm all in on this. I'm all in on Puna Ford. I've been so impressed with him this year. And and, and so that would, that would just be cherry on the top. I love that.
1: Shaquim Griffin gets a sack on the night as well as Jaron Reed, three sacks on the day. And uh, I guess I, I expected maybe a little bit more. But, I mean, Sam Darnold, he, was, uh, he, he did well to get away from a few of those pressures. And hard to be mad when the defense holds a quarterback to 132 yards on uh, 26 attempts, you know, just 14 completions and a quarterback rating of 68.
0: You know, the defense tonight looked complete. And I, again, the Jets, I'm just going to keep saying that. We get it, okay? But at the same time, it was nice to see them working together, working well together, you know, everyone kind of clicking and, and keeping that... Offense completely in check. Now I will say this about Sam Darnold. I am very bothered by Sam Darnold. I I feel much like him, like I did about Robert Griffin III, that he's on the wrong team with the wrong coach. And I think that if he goes and plays somewhere else, which I hope he gets the chance to, I hope they get the first pick. I hope they get rid of him and he gets to go somewhere else because I do think the kid has some talent. Um, So that'll be, so that's just my little side note on that. But you're right. We've seen this team, well, we saw it just last week against the Raiders, the Jets can score points. They can make plays. We've seen it. the Bills only beat them by eight points earlier in the season. And so we know they can do it. So to see the defense completely shut them down was very refreshing.
1: Yeah, and, and in the way they did it too, not just through the air, but on the ground. You know, when Frank Gore came out and was in this game to start with, I thought, oh, well, maybe they will have a little bit more because they the the depth at running back coming into this game for the Jets was you know, really tough and yeah, they had their first 100 yard rusher I think in what 38 games it said on the broadcast. but I had to think you know with this Seahawks defense they'd be able to to shut that down. it was it was Frank Gore that I was just a little bit worried about, but yeah. uh, just 69 yards on the day for the Jets and yeah, able to hold the running backs in check.
0: And you know that's gives that's nothing but respect for Frank Gore because we all know even at 37 years old he's a threat. So we saw that, and we saw that in in the first play of the game, that first play or that first series, um, where they run. I know, and I was like, oh god, we are not really going to play like this against it. Like I was worried, but um, then when you saw you know the Seahawks just trot down the field with the next series, it was it was like okay, this is the this is the game that we want.
1: But we got a really nice record from Jamal Adams in this game. There was one record that they could have gotten, Dana, and I want to talk about that coming up next. Talking to Dana O'Gorman from Our Turf Football. She also has co-hosting duties on the Hawk Blogger podcast, and we're talking about the Seahawks' 40-3 win over the Jets. And Dana, I don't know if you follow Scorigami at all, but... This was almost a Scorigami game, but there was one guy, one guy that ruined it for us, and it was the Jets kicker. If he, if the, if they just make their field goals, it's forty to twelve, and I think that would have been the Seahawks' first Scorigami in a while.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would have been fun. Still it, would have been a serious win. So that would have been fun. It would oh, have I'm been
1: fun. That. You know, Jay Feely wouldn't have had to feel so bad being on the field and and having his. Terrible game against the Seahawks brought up. I I, I laugh so hard. I I remember that. I vividly remember that Giants game for whatever reason, even though it was so long ago, probably fifteen years ago now. And because he missed those those three field goals, it, I mean, it immediately brought memories back when that third miss happened. And then they cut to Jay Feely on the field. Oh my gosh,
0: poor guy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was it was just a bad day overall in the NFL for kickers. I don't know if you saw that, but they were they were having horrible misses all over the place. And 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 so um, I mean, not that I'm sad that their kicker didn't get their field goals. But again, back to the defense, very impressive that we impressive that we held them all to, to field goals.
1: Yeah. And impressive day also from special teams, aside from giving up that one long kickoff, but able to hold them again to a field goal and then a miss. Uh, So it was nice to see the defense recover there. Michael Dixon, he didn't have to punt until the fourth quarter. So that was something new.
0: It's his easiest game ever. (laughs) He just (laughs) had to sit there and keep warm.
1: But he did get to play just like everyone else. So so that was nice. Everybody got their time. Damon Harrison, we saw him with uh, the one turnover on the day. They didn't get any of the interceptions. But Damon snacks Harrison got the force fumble. The Seahawks get the recovery. And and so that was nice.
0: It was, you know, I, when when we brought snacks on, and you know, they took him a while to actually bring him onto the team and right. to actually, you know, uh, promote him up. And you know, he had taken a lot of time off from the beginning of the season, so I kind of understood it at that point. But every week, we see a little more out of him that is, you know, the reason that they went to get to get him and the reason that they were willing to wait. And obviously, he's fitting very well onto the team, and so I, I'm excited to see him just continue to grow and to see what happens as we get even further into the season and into the playoffs because he's already made some pretty big leaps and bounds. I I've been really impressed with that addition.
1: Yeah. And I was wondering, you know, at what point would he start to show his impact? And it's, it's about this time in the season where it it would be nice to have that here, you know, get Carlos Dunlap back into the lineup and have Damon Harrison, you know, along with Jaron Reed, Puna Ford, if they can get that clicking, which it does seem, you know, really ever since Dunlap arrived, right. It, It seems like this defensive line has started to, to be something where, probably, what we had hoped—I I don't want to say a great defensive line, but you know—and even accept, average, we'll an take average it, one. Right? That's, I just, I just want an average defense to go along with Russell Wilson.
0: It's so true. I I was so excited with the Dunlap trade and he made his impact immediately. I do wonder though, had he been in the game today, had there been a couple, there would have been a couple more sacks. So there wouldn't have been just the three, maybe there would have been five, maybe there would have been six, because that's the type of impact player he has. He is, excuse me. And yet, at the same time, this was the perfect game to rest him and get that foot right. So if all of he really needed to do was just to really kind of rest that foot because he played last week, so unless he injured it more and we don't know that, um, you know, that would be different. But this was the perfect game to just let him sit, let him get healthy so he's ready to go for next week.
1: Well, one person, we, we've talked about him a little bit, but I just want to recognize Russell Wilson in this game getting to nine wins on the season. And I know there's a lot of people out there that say quarterback wins not a stat, but when you do it consistently year after year after year and nine straight seasons now with a winning record and and continuing to build on that record that I think he had ever since he he got to seven straight seasons with a winning record. And uh, just nice to see another winning season for our quarterback.
0: Oh, for sure. And, you know, I don't remember if it was on air from the commentators or if it was on twitter i don't remember who said it but someone said maybe that he shouldn't call himself mr limitless but mr consistent and that is not a bad thing that is what you want he's always on the field he doesn't get hurt knock on wood all over the all place the wood. Yeah, yeah all of it please and um you know and so we we have this consistency so it was so frustrating to me Brendan. i'm not going to kid you i got i get so irritated with people it's like oh well russell wilson's going downhill we might as well get rid of him now really <laughs> <laughs> who else are you going to get that is that consistent, who's always on the field, who doesn't get hurt? Even Patrick Mahomes missed games. Yeah. And so it's not like, yes, there could be bigger superstars out there. You know, that Tom Brady in his heyday, Patrick Mahomes right now, whatever you want. But if you want consistent, constant playing time and the same person on the field most games, that we all know he has a couple off games, then you could not want for more for Russell Wilson.
1: I get emotional too. I, I understand emotion. Like I'm... <laughs> If I were a general manager and and just made uh, transactions based on my emotions, I may not have enough people to field a team by the end of the season. I would be cutting people, you know, after each and every game. So, yeah, it's uh, like KJ, you know, you're cut from from making Puna miss that interception.
0: Right. Well, um, don't forget how many people wanted KJ gone at the end of last season and now he's having his best season ever. And so I, I, you know, it it is crazy and fan is short for fanatic. We get that and we understand, but at the same time, there's got to be some logic there. Of course, people are going to be off occasion. Of course, there could be, you know, something that's bothering him, you know, a shoulder, a foot, whatever, but it's not an injury. It's just bothering him. So he has an off game. I'm always interested. I have this theory and some people aren't going to like it, but when you have consistency, like we get from Russell Wilson, like we've gotten from Pete Carroll. And this is something I do fight with the Hawklogger boys about quite a bit. You get lulled into this sense of, well, we should be better. We should be better. We should be better. And I always say, yes. Do you want to be a Jets fan? Do you want to be, you know, a Jaguars fan? A Browns fan for so long. Yeah, right. We are so lucky for where we are at. And, you know, winning a Super Bowl is really hard. And so, and a lot of it is luck. Now, do I think, This team, and I don't mean this year's team, but this team as a collective can win more Super Bowls. Absolutely, I do. But there's a lot that goes in it. And so, you know, don't overlook what you have in front of you because I think that we are a pretty lucky fan base.
1: You know, talking about luck with this year's team, I think we're lucky to be getting some of these players back at the right time. And You talk about Carlos Dunlap earlier. Chris Carson in this game, you know, 12 carries, 76 yards. He had the 128-yard run where... You know gosh the hole was just wide open for him to run through there he has 22 yards through the air as well on three catches so you know almost 100 yards for carson on the day combined and that's a guy who when when things are clicking with carson it just seems like it it makes everything else work for this team
0: oh for sure And, and now granted we all know with carson there's some injury issue there there's some question marks surrounding his durability but when he's on he's on and he makes such a huge impact um, and, and so, you know, the, the argument is now, as we know, his contract is coming up. So do you resign him? Do you not the caps going down? There's a right. lot of caveat. There's a lot of question marks surrounding that. So I think we just need to enjoy what we have right now. And so uh, when he, when he's there and when he's on the field, when he's doing, you know, what he can't, we know he can do, it just makes such a huge difference. And it it not just bolsters that part of the offense, but the entire offense, because if he's running well, then that is harder for the other defenses. And that gives Russell more time and opportunity. There's just so much to it. I will say this though. Carlos, Carlos Hyde looked pretty good tonight too. I was yeah. impressed with some of the stuff that he had done too. So um, I know not everyone's a big fan of the run game, but I thought that tonight it, it was really impressive and I, I was happy about it.
1: Well, I, Pete had to be just ecstatic. Well, and you could hear him if you listen to the post-game press conference too. 174 yards on the ground. You you had Hyde working well. You had Carson working well. I I would have liked to see more DJ Dallas instead of Hyde just because of the injury issues. I do think that if you're going to run into a situation where where you have durability issues with Carson, you you want to have Hyde there in reserve. Like, that's what he's here for. So it, it bothered me a little bit to see him out there in the fourth quarter instead of Dallas. But, you know, you had runs from Penny Hart. You had a run by David Moore, too. So it was you had it all. Uh, you know, working with the receivers and the running backs. So and against a team that, you know, I was talking to McGregor Wells coming into this game and he said, this is not a team that you really want to run against, especially if you're running in the middle of the field. And and they did mix it up and, and got some things outside. But you, you mm-hmm. saw some nice runs up the middle as well. So it was I thought it was important just for me to be able to see the team do that well against a Jets team that supposedly had a, a good run defense.
0: Right. You know, the whole let Russ Cook thing got st- in my opinion a little out of hand you know where we wanted him to throw every single down and 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 we now can remember and are hopefully reminded that you know that run game is just as important and when it's all working that is your best offense when it all works together that's the best way to play. Now I'm not saying 50-50 split I'm gonna get so much crap from people. (laughs) I'm not saying a 50-50 split. I'm just saying what works well.
1: Even those of us who appreciate a good run game. I think we're saying before the season, OK, if you want to throw more on early downs, yes, you can work that in, too. But mm-hmm. is this for it to work, especially you know late in the season, getting into the cold weather, you mm-hmm. need to have a run game that actually works like having a better run game is better than not having a run game. I, I think I like even people better. who don't like the run can agree with that statement. <laughs>
0: I think think it's hard to argue that statement for sure. But you realize, Brendan, we are going to get torched on Twitter for this because there's all the people. It's like no run first. I mean, throw first, throw always. So we'll see. But I I did. I I liked what I saw tonight. I liked the balance. And, you know, I think that um, just any time that you see Carson clicking is really fun.
1: It is. And I hope we have that argument. I hope we're in. February and March and talking about should the Seahawks re-sign Chris Carson, because hopefully that means they made a deep run into the playoffs. And I think it would be having a healthy Carson that would allow that to happen this year. I
0: agree.
1: Well, I think we have covered this game pretty well, Dana. I did want to ask you, though, what did you think toward the middle of this week when you saw Shaquille Griffin coming out and, and saying that they took the Giants lightly this last week?
0: It was infuriating to me. A, a few weeks ago, we were talking about there was a group of us, and we were talking about that you know this four game stretch, the Eagles, and you know that all of the, the this game that should have been the easy games, the easy part of our schedule. And um, I and another and a couple other people brought up it's like the Giants is not going to be an easy game. I I don't know why people thought that just because their win loss record or the division. I don't know, but you could see them progressing every single game, and maybe people weren't watching them, so they didn't realize that or they weren't paying attention but I knew from the get that this was going to be one of the harder games I also think Washington is going to be a much more difficult game than people are giving credit for so I think that well maybe not after today after they beat the 49 I don't know it's going to
1: be another backup quarterback the, the Seahawks <laughs> never do it and I think that's part of it I think it's having the backup quarterback in there they think that oh well it's not going to be the guy so yeah I now I'm a little more worried even if it's going to be Haskins out there
0: Well, at least, you know, he played at the beginning of the year. So you have some tape on him there. And so then he came back and I'm heartbroken for Alex Smith. I hope that he's all right. But, um, but so I think that the fact that then I wasn't taking that game lightly and and another fans weren't and the team did is baffling to me and it's infuriating. So maybe he just said it as an excuse. I'm not sure, but, but this, these are professional football players. You never take any game lightly. And I think they proved that today, that they've learned their lesson and, and they're not going to take any game lightly anymore.
1: I hope so, because the thing that worried me about that, like I, I had that feeling that that might happen. And it wasn't like one of those questions of where it's a leading question where they asked him, did you take the Giants lightly? Oh, yeah, we took it lightly. No, yeah. I, he got asked a different question and and he kind of moved into that area of, of talking about taking the Giants lightly. So that was the thing that infuriated me that it was apparently on his mind that much that that's where he took the answer to the question and the other thing that that upset me about it is we might see the giants again and so even if they did take them lightly i don't want them admitting that and them thinking oh geez you you took us lightly and even though you know we're a professional franchise and you know potentially going to win the division so i i felt like that could be then even more bulletin board material for the giants if they have to play them again
0: Well, and then you had shoddy saying, oh, we took too long to adjust. Why were you people sleeping through this game? Like the rest of us could see what was going on. Why it it was just, and the the Seahawks have um, that game almost every single season. They have a game that is completely baffling. That they shouldn't lose,
1: that they end up losing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they look terrible and like they, you know, didn't make the plane, you know, to even get there or what have you. And so, yeah, that was a little that between those two statements, that was very, frustrating and
1: I hope that we never see that again I hope so I hope that uh, we're only seeing wins from here on out Dana because the the Rams continue to win they got the win over the Patriots on Thursday night and so I did like though that Belichick he only scored three points just to remind Sean McVay how many points the Rams scored in the Super Bowl I thought that was I thought that was kind of cute
0: kind of him just to you know i'm just a little hint just a little reminder if you're gonna gonna beat
1: me that i'm only gonna score as many points as you did in the super bowl
0: i'm not gonna put effort into it (laughs) no i'm just kidding no you know it was um the interesting thing about our division the division that the seahawks are in is that any one of the four teams can win any single every single day i've always said all along that this is probably the most competitive i didn't say it was the best but the most competitive division um in the league and and that is Great for people who don't aren't a fan of one of these four teams. And for those of us that are, it's exhausting. And so every team in this division has to play their best each week. And, and right now, the Rams still really look good.
1: The way things are shaping up, Dana, is they are going to have to beat the Rams in this game coming up to be able to win the division.
0: And look how well that worked out last year. Oh,
1: uh,
0: annoying. <laughs> it is.
1: Although if they don't get the division a consolation, prize of going and playing the NFC East winner. It's not so bad. I mean, I guess we'll find out because we lost to the giants once already. And you know, it could be the football team that we end up playing twice too. So uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't wish for that.
0: No, you know, but you know what, Seattle last year, they had, they had played Philadelphia earlier in the year and then beat them in the playoffs. And so maybe that's good. Maybe they know their opponents better. I'm not sure. I, you know, again, the playoffs, in my opinion, once you hit them, it's a restart for every team. And so we just have to see how they look going into the end of those season. The last few games, win or lose, to see how we they may or may not fare in the playoffs. I don't know. I'm a little tepid. I'm excited. I think they could do well, but they're Seattle, so yes. <laughs> we'll see what happens.
1: Can they carry what they've shown in this game against the Jets forward into these next few games? Please carry it into the game against the Rams. Like. You know, if the only thing on my Christmas list this year is a win over the Rams, then that's that's all that's going on my Christmas list.
0: Oh, for sure. Wouldn't that be the best? Yes. Fingers crossed.
1: She's Dana O'Gorman of Our Turf Football and the Hawk Blogger podcast. Dana, really appreciate you coming on and breaking down this game.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. I love coming on here and and being able to focus on one team, and it happens to be my favorite team. So thanks so much.
1: Well, be sure and tune in for the three in three out podcast with Clinton Bonner coming up. Get your ins and outs to him through Twitter at Clinton Bon. Use the hashtag three I three oh, and we will be back breaking down this game in the unique way that Clinton does. And until then, go Hawks.